your hosts, Matt Strawn and Allie. Welcome back, guys, to episode 45. Today is a very exciting episode. Some might even call it a landmark episode because today we are joined by comedian, actor, producer, editor, YouTuber, podcaster, singer, songwriter, musician, tennis pro, Stephen Supdick. Tennis pro? Just one of the things. Just one of the many things. Really? Wow. (laughs) Well, I feel like there should be applause or something. That's very awkward to just have this huge introduction and then there's just radio (laughs) silence. And then just silence, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Welcome. Well, welcome, Steve. No, I think it would have been awkward even with the applause. Okay. That's so many things that you had to name off. Well, you're a man of uh, many talents. You're a jack of all trades. I appreciate it. Also, serial podcast losing person. What do you call that? Like, just re- repeat lost audio man as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a darkness that's followed me for a while. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I feel like I'm cursed. Like, I don't know what it is. I, I lose audio recordings, any kind of recording. Like it's, like, it's fucking nothing. The reason that I bring this up is because we had tried to record this episode, episode 45, with guest Steven Septic <laughs> two times. We recorded the full episode through two times in totality. <laughs> And the audio was lost both times. Yeah, this woman's exactly right. And so now Alyssa was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I'm not going to tell you guys the same story because it's just going to be so fake, you know? So she came up with a new story today. And I'm excited because I'm like, what's the new story going to be? And like, where did you get this from so quickly? If this doesn't work out, if this audio recording does not work out, where do we go from here? You just are done. I, I think we just burn everything down, quit the podcast. Right. Yeah. Kill myself, come back as a ghost, haunt you for the rest of your life if something yeah. goes wrong this time. <laughs> but that's why we're going to save this audio every 30 minutes. And that is mandatory, Stephen. I saw that. So we're going to tell you when I understand. If only everyone could hear exactly how bad Alyssa's audio quality is right now. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so, it's oh. the worst audio I've ever heard in my entire it's like you're from ni- well, the 1960s fuck. when they just discovered it. I like it. I, I'm well, used to Alyssa's. It's very funny. Alyssa's headphone speakers. And I like to pretend that we're like from the 1960s actually in our basements recording a illegal podcast during the communist era in another country. Yes, that's exactly what we're doing right now. And you know what, Steve? You had the chance to have perfect audio. Natalia and I drove to your abode. We tried. We did. For five hours. I'm devastated about yeah. that. You just sound like you're gonna you're giving the Japanese a warning right now over the radio. Yeah. <laughs> over like a siren. Yeah. Should I try to move out of my closet? This is just No, 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 no. It's it has fine. nothing to do with your closet. No, it's fine. You sound great, Alyssa. We are on a three-way Zoom call. Do I just sound really far away? Yeah, it sounds just like very crackly, like an old-timey. Like it it sounds like if you Xeroxed a recording and then Xeroxed another recording of that recording. Does that make well, sense? fuck. Yeah, yeah, like a JPEG uh, that's just compressed too many times. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm used to it. I like it. I'm fine with what it. What about what about right here, you guys? No, no there's, there's, there's nothing you're, you're gonna closer. do. To fix it's it. not about the proximity. It's just I think it's the speaker on your headphones is just like for garbage. We're, it's a literal garbage disposal of sound. Oh. Yeah, what mic are you speaking through? It's her headphone. Mics. I think I'm just speaking into. The, no, there's no headphone mic. Then what's? I, where, how are you speaking to us? Through the phone. It's 
It's through your headphones because every time you put your headphones oh. on, your voice quality changes. Your headphones have a speaker in them, I think, or like a microphone. Oh. Wow. Well, I don't know what to tell you guys. I found these on Amazon. They were $19.99. And I said, look, I could get a pair of AirPods for $300. Or I could get this pair of $19.99 generic Amazon headphones. And that is what I chose. I think you need to go on Amazon and leave a review. Be like five stars. Be like, I host a paranormal podcast <laughs> using these headphones. We have merch. Please buy some. Yeah, and send me another pair of free <laughs> shitty headphones, and I'll give them to all of my guests. I like the mic. Where you guys are, do you have lots of smoke from the California wildfires? Big time. Yeah, definitely. Did you guys read that one of the wildfires was started from a botched gender reveal party? Yeah, yeah. I've never been a fan of gender reveal parties. I think they're... Yeah, it's so, like, weird. First of all, I thought we're not supposed to be choosing the gender of our child anymore. I don't know. And then on top of that, it's just embarrassing. Like nobody wants to be at that. Like nobody gives a fuck. Nobody. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Nobody wants to go to a gender reveal party. I hope that they get hard jail time, <laughs> like prison time. Because if you burn down someone's home and burn down other stuff, then you just, you go to jail. That's what And I also think. it was caused by a pyrotechnics thing. Who needs pyrotechnics at a gender reveal party? Russians. Okay, wait, now that gender reveal party sounds kind of sick. Like imagine you go to a gender reveal party and ACDC is there and like fire raining from the sky and like <laughs> celebrity appearances. Now that's kind of sick. So maybe now I'm on board, except for like the whole, you know, natural disaster and lives lost part. Yeah. Right. That's not cool. Were there lives lost during the gender reveal fire? I'm sure that's burned down like 7,000 acres. Yeah. I mean, think about all the birds. Do you not count birds? God, no. <laughs> God, no. Well, birds aren't real. Wow. You really got me there. That's true. Birds aren't real. It's a government conspiracy. You guys really got me there. I don't know what to say. Well, I'm not going to feel bad for something that doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, Stephen, I already asked you all of these questions several times and all the times that we tried to record this episode, but I would like to ask you again. What, what are, are you, you doing? He's like shuffling through papers. What are you doing? He's like looking at his tax paperwork. Oh, sorry, I was I was mimicking Alyssa. Oh, oh. <laughs> I've got a list of questions here. Cool. <laughs> I think it's good because even though we've heard these questions fucking three times now, our listeners haven't heard the questions and they're all very excited to hear from Steven. Short term memory, too. I've already forgotten the questions. Oh, wonderful. Well, I just want to say if you are a new listener that's only tuning in because you see that this episode is featuring Steven, then hi, welcome to Let's Get Haunted. Natalia and I have a podcast. We mm -hmm. upload three times a month on Wednesdays and we talk about anything we fucking want to. And sometimes we have guests and we sometimes talk about ghosts and conspiracy theories and cryptids. And I want to ask you some questions, Steve. Absolutely. I'm still unsure what cryptids are. And I remember you explained it. It's monsters. It's monsters. Yeah, it's like Bigfoot or Mothman. Mothman. Right. Mermaids. It's like mythical creatures, but are they mythical or are they real? I hope we have a cryptid one today. I hope we have a cryptid story today. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you in just a moment what we're going to talk about today. But first... <laughs> Steven, question number one. Do you believe in ghosts? That's a tough one, Alyssa. No, you're starting off with a, <laughs> with a hardball. Um, most of me, I'd say most of me, 100% of me says no. <laughs> I'd say 100% of me says that ghosts, it's not going to be possible. I don't think this one's going to be possible. But then there's that 1%. 
outside of the hundred percent that says like maybe, you know, there's because I'm it's a hundred one percent added up, and that extra one percent says maybe there may be a ghost out there, maybe some type of poltergeist, but then that gets crushed by the hundred percent that says no, um, that there couldn't be. So no, I'm open to it. If I did have a paranormal experience, then I would the first thing I do is I'd go to church. I would I would start believing I'd go to church and then that would be the rest of my life is I'd be I'd be a, a God fearing man. But right now, no, no, haven't had anything yet. Well, you know what? That makes me think that we need to get James DeAngelis to dress up as a ghost to scare you into going to church with him. Because that dude loves God. Yeah, dude, James is a freak for God. <laughs> Also, can you just imagine if the Crusades, instead of murdering people to believe in God, what if they just dressed up as ghosts and ran into villages to get people to believe in God? Oh, boo. Oh, well, this isn't so bad. Exactly. As opposed to the Crusades, it's kind of nice. I think that maybe you're onto something and maybe that's what all the Christians should be doing. Hey, a crusade is the same thing as a jihad, right? I don't know, but I'm going to say yes because it sounds provocative. Cool. Then let's just leave it at that. Okay. Steven, question number two. What do you think of aliens? You believe in aliens? Big time. Big time. Big time. Now, you're saying <laughs> I, I big time. But, you know, what you're saying and what your face is saying are two different things. So please explain please your position. Please take this seriously. Look, look me in the eyes. Big time. Mm-hmm. Big time. <laughs> I'm a big time fucking... There have to be other organisms out there in the universe. I don't think that, you know, they're the same way that they're displayed in the media, like Mars Attacks or some shit, or like a rival. I think it's, um, you know, somewhere out there, a million hectares away, um, <laughs> there's uh, some life form in, in underneath the ground in some uh, ice somewhere, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. Underneath the polar caps in Mars. Yeah. You don't believe then necessarily in alien life that could reach us. You're saying that you just believe that there might be some bacteria on a distant planet or distant star that could eventually turn into life. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, we've looked out pretty far into all the the stars and everything, and uh, I feel like there isn't an alien life form that could reach us unless they're so advanced and that's scary if you look at the vastness of the universe we've like barely even explored a fraction of a fraction so well no i know that i'm saying like if if an alien race could get to us right then that's scary because they'd have to be so far away and understand technology that we'll never understand well so yeah i'm down i'm on board i definitely believe in it more than i believe in ghosts i'll take that well, I think that if there is an alien race that is capable of reaching us, then I think that they would probably be way more enlightened than we are and hopefully would just come here to be scientists and see what we're up to. Right. Because if if we were to reach another planet, I have no confidence in the human race to be chill. Right. But I f- we don't have that kind of technology. No, they'll which die. Which makes me think that, yeah, we're just not enlightened enough to have it. I agree with that. You're exactly right. Yeah. Question number three, Stephen. Do you believe in curses? For curses, this is going to be tough. I'm going to, I, I want to say a hard no. Um, <laughs> but I'm also going to, I'm also going to say a light no. Right. <laughs> just in case. You know, just in case. But I'm going to say a hard no. I'm going to go with no, and then I'm going to redact that, and then I'm going to add another no to that. I guess I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit boring when it comes to uh, dumb beliefs, stupid fucking <laughs> beliefs, you know? That was aggressive. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah, you're on the wrong yeah. podcast with that kind of attitude. <laughs> no, you know, so, I mean, somewhere out there, I'm sure 
I, I maybe in, in an alternate universe, I would believe in something like a curse. Right. Ghost before curses. But Stephen, how do you explain that we have lost the audio for this podcast episode twice? Mm-hmm. Five hours of mm-hmm. recording down the drain. Then I left my laptop charger at your house and you had to drive it to me. Then I left my cord that plugs the Scarlet into my computer at your house and you had to drive it to me. How do we explain all of that if not for the fact that this episode is cursed? Negligence. How dare you? I blame it on, at least for me in the recordings, I blame that on planned negligence. Unplanned negligence. Plant, you admit it then. I'm fuming right now. The conspiracy theory is correct. Dude, I wish I, I could plan that. Cr- my, the whole thing just crashed after it was done recording. I wish I could plan that kind of shit. That'd be amazing. Natalia, there was a conspiracy theory online that I saw where someone said that Steve intentionally lost the recordings for our episode because he hates audio. Yeah, because he hates us so much. There were a couple of recordings back in SP7 in the SP7 days where I was like, "Yeah, boys, this one uh, I lost the footage." When in reality, no, it was just uh, it was it sucked. The footage <laughs> sucked, but. You can't tell Kib and James that, though. You can't tell Kib and James that because that'll break their hearts, you know? They hold on to every well, single bit. Well, Kib's coming on the podcast next month, so he might be listening to this in preparation. He's not going to make it. God, Steve, that would be, I would be so annoyed to work with you if you were just constantly losing footage and audio. And, like, it was very obvious that you were doing it on purpose. And you were just like, sorry, I lost Oops, it. boys. No, that only happened maybe, like, three or four times over the course of SP7 in total. Like, it's, it wasn't a... It wasn't a big thing. It's just like sometimes it's just easier to be like, oh, I lost the footage rather than explain for an hour why this bit wasn't funny. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. But it is what it is. You know, you were taking the easy way out, the lazy way out. Like always. <laughs> well, Stephen, now I have uh, one final question for you. Yeah. Do you believe in cryptids? Like creatures and shit? Like yeah. Bigfoot, like Bigfoot, Sasquatch? Bigfoot and stuff. Yeah. That's tough to say because I want to believe that that the Yeti is like some mutant humanoid bear out that's out there that like there's a realistic version of the sasquatch that people have seen or like the loch ness monster i really want to believe that there's some crazy fish in that pond like it's not some mythical beast but it is something scary and crazy mm-hmm. so i'm gonna say yeah I'll, I'll put that at about just below aliens i'll put it below right below aliens so you're aliens cryptids ghosts curses is that correct well done, yes. That is exactly. Wow. That's, that's my well, hierarchy of beliefs. Wow. Well, wonderful. We've cracked it. So, Stephen, you were also telling me, and we've already talked about this at length, but <laughs> uh, it wasn't recorded. You were telling us the other day that you've been hearing strange noises outside your window. And I jumped on this immediately when you told me that because you are a very skeptical person. And so I got excited because I was like, wow, maybe he is finally thinking that ghosts are real and so Mm -hmm. i would like you to explain to our listeners this whole situation when did you hear these noises outside your window you know you're making a simple text into a uh game like a detective's game and right it's uh, almost like she's making content that's what we do on this show (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i'd heard something outside i couldn't be fucked to figure out what it was but it sounded it sounded like a a rustling of leaves or with some some type of voice i wasn't sure if it was a voice or if it was a raccoon but from my understanding it was just simply a raccoon but it could very well have been people and I wasn't sure so I sent a I sent a text because it did sound ominously close to my window and if I did die 
then I would want someone to know that there were there was some type of noise outside. So then the police could go check outside the window and see like, ah, oh, there there was a raccoon's footprints here. This is what killed mm-hmm. him. <laughs> but yeah, there were noises right, outside. That... I didn't not for a second did I think it was a ghost though. I don't believe you because you were creeped out. You said that you were creeped out that and you heard voices outside your window. Yeah, why would you text someone yeah. if you weren't? It was scared? a little scary. It was a little scary, but I didn't think of it as a ghost. I thought of it worst case scenario. Oh, worst case scenario was just some some guy that's gonna come break into the house and kill me. That's worst oh, that's case. That's not so bad. Now, yeah. would you rather be murdered by a human or murdered by a ghost? Ghost, big time. Really? Explain, oh yeah. Explain your reasoning. Everyone gets murdered by humans. Who gets murdered by a ghost? Lots of people. Dude, that'd be so sick. That'd be like going out by shark attack. No, that's even cooler than shark attack. Both of those things happen. <laughs> yeah, people go out by shark attacks all the time. Yeah, that's why it would be even cooler than a shark attack because, I mean, what a legacy, but I guess no one would know. That That's okay. It would depend on if I get killed by the ghost, is it going to be like, oh, this, this Steve guy just disappeared one day and then there are conspiracy theorists, like uh, it becomes a Let's Get Haunted episode about what happened to Steve. Or is, is the world going to know that I was killed by ghosts? Well, it would be like the ghost would possess you or would, you know, throw something across the room. And so you would die, but people wouldn't know how you died. Never mind. I think I think the ghost of a piano would fall on your head and then, <laughs> and then it would disappear. Sorry. I thought that was really funny. A big piano? <laughs> You're talking about like old Disney movies? or Yeah, the I ghost like of a piano falls on your head crushes your skull but then it disappears right the piano disappears it's not a real piano yeah it's a ghost piano it's a ghost of a piano so then am i totally fine ghost piano it's like a ghost train no you're dead (laughs) no you die but then the piano disappears so it would be an unsolved kind of murder mystery then yeah and we would talk about it yeah the detectives and redditors and people of let's get haunted would probably be like you know we're looking at the body and it looks a lot like victims who have a piano fall on them okay that's a that's not that bad of an option what's the uh who kills me and and how and why no it's just a piano ghost like piano ghost no i'm talking about the other scenario if i if i because i get to choose between getting killed by the piano ghost or murder is it a simple just like someone drive bys me it would definitely be like one of your roommates who oh maddie returns that went to jail yeah maddie returns the return of maddie right she shows it's okay let me set the scene for you it's a dark and stormy rainy night you're home alone you hear a noise outside your window is it a raccoon you look outside Mm -hmm. it's maddie in a raccoon costume in a raccoon costume she's in a raccoon costume she scurries through your she's, window she's learned to scurry <laughs> she's foaming at the mouth because like many raccoons she has rabies she's also rabid yes she bites you and then you die of complications 10 days later yeah and then you come back as a ghost piano and fall on maddie's head so you're telling me i see maddie she's foaming at the mouth she <laughs> bites me i if she's foaming at the mouth i must assume she has rabies but i'm too stupid to go to the hospital in those 10 days and i just let the rabies take me right because you're a skeptic yeah you're a skeptic you're like i'm not a rabies skeptic you're like my roommate was acting weird in that raccoon costume trying to scare me I also feel very ill. Hmm. Not not mm. connected. But in your mind, you're like, well, I did just do a bunch of whippets. So maybe <laughs> this was a elaborate hallucination. Look, I think everyone should do whippets at least once. I think that's bad advice. Have you guys done whippets? No. no. 
because it kills brain cells. Yeah. Oh, it would be a negligible amount anyway. I've got a lot to give. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you have a, an extraordinary amount of brain cells, more than the average person. So you had to kill some in order to bring yourself down to our level. Yeah, you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. Well, well, on that note. Welcome to Let's Get Haunted. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to Let's Get Haunted, Steve. And normally in the intro, Natalia and I talk about personal hauntings that we've experienced during the week. So I want to ask either of you, do you guys have any personal hauntings to share this week? Um, I've been eating a lot of edibles. <laughs> I feel very haunted. I don't like this week at all. It's been a bad week. That's haunted. So is your experience with the edibles positive or negative? Because every experience I've ever had with an edible was negative. I learned from it, but it was negative for sure. Yeah. Each time it's been negative, yeah. And I've done it like four nights in a row and it's been negative each time. And I'm, I keep thinking, hey, maybe this time it'll be different. But they kind of help me go to sleep a little bit. I have to go through a panic attack before I get to the sleep. So, you know, and then the next day I'll feel lethargic. So it's not good. I shouldn't be keep, but they're so tasty. That's that's another reason that I keep going at is because they taste so so good. And I don't know how much sugar's in it, but man, they pump it full. What do they taste like? They're huckleberry gummies. Right. Mm. So you could probably just get regular huckleberry gummies. I mean, in in a perfect world, sure. But we're in a pandemic. <laughs> you gotta have a panic attack every once in a while to feel alive when you can't go out to bars anymore. You're exactly right. And the, the week has also been so cursed because you can't go outside and get exercise because the sky is fire and you're not supposed to go out yeah. because the air quality is bad. Right. So I'm just stuck inside doing nothing and working on a bunch of different projects all at once and then none of them work out because I get tired of it. So it's just been a cursed week. What about you? Cursed week. Well, we lost the audio twice, so that was pretty cursed. That was devastating. Yeah, and then I'm trying to think if I've had anything haunted happen this week. I don't think so. Just a bunch of annoying stuff at work. What about you, Natalia? I don't know if this is haunted or not. This is interesting to me. My boyfriend celebrated his 14 years of sobriety yesterday. Ooh, that's a positive haunting. I thought you were about to say his 14th birthday. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it is his 14th sober birthday. Oh, wow. The family got together and everything. And we also did like, um, he's Jewish. So we did like Shabbat. And I didn't know what that was, but it was really cool. It was kind of like witchcraft. Jewish witchcraft. (laughs) We lit two candles and then we drank wine and then we ate bread. And then there was another prayer. And I'm telling you guys, this was straight up like pagan witchcraft like if i've ever seen it before oh pagan shit's crazy yeah but it was not and it was just regular jewish like shabbat shalom and i was super into it because i was like cool i'm jewish now but i was also thinking like why did my boyfriend choose september 11th to be his like 14 year <laughs> anniversary of sobriety i was gonna say maybe he saw the twin towers fall And he said, you know what? I've really been fucking up. I've got to stop and be sober because I've got to fight the terrorists. And then that's what happened. I don't think he even knew that 9-11 happened. It was years after 9-11. It's been like 14 years and 9-11 happened. Yeah, but he didn't know it happened is what I'm saying. And then he saw a recap video on the news and he was like, whoa, this is serious. I've got to get sober. Because (laughs) three years later. (laughs) Whoa, that was pretty fucking serious. Uh, Yeah. All right, time to <laughs> hop off the wagon. Jesus, those poor fellas. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I know. Positive haunting. <laughs> well, congratulations to him, Natalia. That's very exciting. Well, guys, before I get into our story today, we need to thank our donors. So if you guys want to donate to Let's Get Haunted, you can Venmo at USA or at NatStrawn. Or you can go to letsgethaunted.com and in the upper right hand corner of the webpage, there's a big button that says donate and it'll take you to our Ko-fi account. 
or Natalia has a PayPal and a Cash App. Natalia, what are those? PayPal.me slash Nat Strawn and Cash App is the money sign Natalia Strawn. Perfect. So I think we already thanked everyone that donated in July and August, but because I'm not positive, I'm just going to read off everyone who donated in July, August, and September. Emily M., Caitlin C., James H., Ellie O., Lauren B., Ephraim P., Annie C., Alicia C., Mary Elizabeth, Madison F., Haley, Sabrina H., James H., Mackenzie R., Aitana A., Derek M., Annalise L., Josh W., Anna S., and Brielle S. Ephraim P., Rachel H., Brielle S., Ephraim P., again, Janine H., Arian S and Lewis W. Thanks, guys. Cla- round of applause. Round of applause. That's very impressive, you guys. That's very impressive. I'm very impressed. That's very wow. impressive, you guys. Steven, wow. thank you. That really means what so if, much to us. What if we just disintegrated because we finally got Steven's approval? <laughs> it sounded pretty sarcastic. <laughs> you guys would so, get raptured. I think we're still safe. No, really. I think that's that's awesome. I'm so glad that people that you guys are um, actually making money off the podcast. Oh, we don't. Don't worry about that. Um, (laughs) And let me explain why. Because we have to pay for our RSS feed hosting, our website hosting, our equipment like mics, cords, replacement technology, headphones. This is the most recent thing I had to buy. When we have merch designs, deposits for merch, we had to upgrade our Squarespace in order to sell merch, packaging for merch. There's so many hidden costs that you don't really think about and then you start a podcast. I mean, it's super fun. We're just doing it as a hobby. But man, right. if if we weren't getting any donations, we would really be in the hole. It would be a very expensive hobby. <laughs> I like it though. Me too. Thank you guys for donating. We really appreciate it. We couldn't do this without you. Absolutely not. And if you are new and you want to follow us, our Instagram is at Let's Get Haunted. Twitter is at Let's Get Haunted. Our Reddit just hit a thousand members and it's r slash Let's Get Haunted. And our Facebook is about to hit a thousand members. That's facebook.com slash let's get haunted. Not to be confused with some random vigilante man that is also calling himself let's get haunted. And his sole purpose in life is to find pedophiles by pretending to be a little girl on the internet. That's extremely funny. Right. So you like can't even be mad at him. Yeah. Like we can't really be mad. Yeah. We found out there was someone using let's get haunted. I like wanted to be mad at them, but I saw their whole thing was like catching pedophiles. And I was like, but like why the name let's get haunted? Haunted. That's the thing. Unless he watched your guys' podcast and thinks <laughs> that's like a term that he can use for pedophiles too. Like, oh, these pedophiles are so haunted. Like, what? Which we would agree with. But Wh- then, how? Why would he make his name? Yeah, but that can't be haunted? it. That can't be it. I don't know if this is Karen of me or not, but I kind of want to send him a cease and desist letter because we have the trademark for Let's Get Haunted. And I'm like, that's Karen. Pissed because I feel like he's hijacking the name to get like attention. You reach out to him and he's like, that's Karen. He's like, Fuck, I'm working on this sting right now. I'm two weeks out from locking this guy up. And these bitches, they come to me with a cease and desist. Are you kidding me? I can't focus on this while I'm trying to take down baddies, while I'm trying to take down bad guys. Oh, shit. I didn't think about that. You know what? Maybe we team up with him. Here, we do the reverse. Rather than send a cease and desist, we're going to team up with him and take down the largest pedophile ring in the United States. He takes them down. You guys read the ghost stories to the criminals in jail. We scare the shit out of the pedophiles. Oh no, not these girls again. I don't want any visitors. I don't want any visitors. (laughs) Oh my 
god. Uh, maybe that's our new calling. We can add that. You guys, let us know in the SoundCloud comments if you'd like us to scare the shit out of pedophiles. Okay, I like so I have a story for you guys today. It is different from the story I tried to tell you guys twice already. Let me start with a simple question. And you're going to think that you've misheard the question, but I assure you that you have not misheard the question. Now, Natalia and Steven, have you ever heard of Pope Lick Creek? Pope Lake? Poke Lick? Pope lick, like you're licking something, like licking a lollipop. Pope, pope lick creek. Pope as in the pope or like yes. poke as in like to poke yes. someone. Pope like the Vatican. Pope like the Vatican, lick like a lollipop creek. Absolutely not. Is this in the United States? Is this in Utah? This is not in Utah. Let me tell you where you can find Pope Lick Creek. Located in the Fisherville neighborhood of Louisville, Kentucky, Pope Lick Creek spans a distance of about five miles in length. At its widest point, Pope Lick Creek measures 772 feet wide and runs underneath a trestle bridge of the Norfolk Southern Railway. This particular trestle is called the Pope Lick Trestle and operates at a height of 90 feet above the Pope Lick Creek. Originally built in the 1800s with renovations done in 1929, trains still run on these tracks often up to several times a day. Now, you might be asking yourself, how the fuck did Pope Lick Creek get its name? Yeah. Is that a question that has crossed your mind? Yeah. I, I mean, we already asked it, I think. No, you didn't. You're right. It was just in my head. I didn't want to interrupt. Is it like the rest of these stories where it's just some boring guy named Pope? <laughs> Does that happen often? Where, where Alyssa's like, do you want to know how this thing got its name? Is it just some guy that was named <laughs> that? <laughs> yes. Well, fuck you guys. Well, the last story I told Alyssa was called the Whaley House, and you would think it was about a haunted whale house, but no, the guy was just named Thomas Whaley. Well, goddammit, let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you why this creek is named Pope Lick Creek. So I had the exact same thought that you're probably having right now, and I decided to do some digging. And while I was unable to find an answer on any historical website about the area, I was able to find an answer posted on Quora.com, written by longtime resident of Kentucky, Jesse Dye. Jesse writes, Full disclosure, I don't really know, but I have a pretty solid educated guess. First, the easy part. Lick has to do with the naturally occurring mineral licks. These occur with some regularity in the vicinity of the Ohio River. Since they attract wildlife, they become landmarks of a sort. A mineral lick is a place where animals can go to lick essential mineral nutrients from a deposit of salts and other minerals. My childhood home was in Boone County, Kentucky, which is also the home of beaver lick and big bone lick, which were the source of many a juvenile Ew. joke back in the sixth grade. Pope is a relatively common family name in Kentucky. A certain William Pope was one of the founders of Louisville, the city in which we find Pope Lick Creek. So Pope Lick Creek likely got its name because it was a creek on or near a natural mineral lick on a property owned by the Pope family. Okay. Knew it. So it was their name. It was their name. <laughs> That's so funny. But can we talk just for, <laughs> but can we can we talk about beaver lick and big bone lick for a minute? Yeah, I mean beaver lick sounds like cunnilingus and it's not appropriate. Oh, you're thinking of cumulonimbus. What is that a is that from Harry Potter? What is that? <laughs> No, it's a cloud formation. Or sorry, you were what you were cloud. thinking of was right. My mine was clouds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, now that we've gotten that out of the way, we can focus on the story at hand. According to local lore, this area of Pope Lick Creek, over which the Pope Lick Trestle stands, is home to a dangerous and mysterious what? cryptid known as the Pope Lick what? Monster. How tall is it? Describe 
well, you're going to be sexually attracted to this monster, Natalia. I will send a to photo. To the public monster? Yeah. Is it over six yeah, foot? Yeah, literally. Natalia's in love with Mothman, who is literally a half-moth, half-man creature. It's like a man body with a moth head and moth wings. And Natalia wants just because it's over so six bad. foot. Well, it's also pretty ripped. Well, first I just want to get to know it. I mean, <laughs> first, then I'll decide what happens from there. Who knows? What if he's just an insane thing and tries to eat all my clothes? You know? Oh, just because like a moth would do that? That's true. That yeah. W- I mean, either way, I probably wouldn't want to have sex with a moth. But this is a moth man. Yeah, but it's got to have moth type skin. Well, that's really prejudiced of you because you don't know. Maybe. The moth has a really good personality. I'm fine being prejudiced for this for this for this one. <laughs> so what does this what does this monster Popelik man look like? Do we even know if it's part man? I'm gonna describe it to you. Okay. Okay. This is very exciting. First of all, I'm gonna send you guys, I'm gonna text this to you guys. A picture of the Pope Lick trestle that runs over Pope Lick Creek. Because I want you guys to describe it to our listeners since we are an audio-only podcast. I'll give it a shot. I'm not too good at describing things. I was being serious, Natalia. Let's use that big brain of yours. (laughs) Why are you laughing? Because it's just a stupid thing. I know sometimes Steven says things that are just not funny in this stupid voice. It's just stupid. (laughs) I was being serious. I'm not good at describing things. I got it. Ooh, I'm getting a bunch of pictures of a bridge. Go ahead and describe. This looks like the beginning of a quiet place. Wait, is it a bridge or is it a train track? Why is that bridge so skinny? Okay, so at the top, uh, the first few photos that I've sent you guys is a picture of this train trestle. Now, a train trestle is basically just a track. It has no platforms and it's really high up off the ground. So it looks like a bridge, but it's not a bridge. So I want you to describe it to people. So it's a train track and it's really high off the ground. So it looks like a bridge, but it's not a bridge. Perfect. It looks like a flat roller coaster in the distance, but also the environment looks a lot like the opening of a quiet place where the little boy gets just destroyed, just obliterated by that monster. It looks like the opening on that bridge. And there's like a creek underneath it. Pretty big creek. It's like kind of like a marshy like environment with a bunch of trees and they don't have leaves on them. So they're kind of like creepy looking, like all spindly and spooky looking. And then this creek is what I would say probably 35, 40 feet across. And it looks like... It looks like it's got a lot of water going through it. Like you could definitely, when it's full, probably swim in it. Yeah, I'm going to say closer to 25 to 35 feet across for the creek size. (laughs) This is stupid. Yes, that that could be true. The train trestle that goes over the creek is 775 feet across. 775 feet? Oh, yeah, I was going to say that. My guess was 715 feet, but yeah, that's pretty close. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. According to local lore, this area of Popelik Creek, over which the Popelik Trestle stands, is home to a dangerous and mysterious cryptid known as the Popelik Monster. Described as having the arms and chest of a man and the lower torso of a goat or a sheep, the Popelik Monster is said to have short horns protruding from its pale white, human-like forehead, sharp teeth, and black slanted wide-set animal eyes. It is said to have cloven hooves in the place of feet. Those who have seen the monster and lived to tell the tale report that it can stand upright like a man, but crawls on all fours when it moves like a grotesque human-animal hybrid. And I sent you guys a photo of what the Popelik monster is supposed to look like, if you'd like to describe it. Now, I'm going to go ahead and just say this has been poorly named. This is not a Popelik monster. This is a goat man. 100% goat man. I don't understand how someone else came up with another name for that. 
Well, there could be a type like of... Like, the Mothman's not called the Point Pleasant monster. He's called the Mothman because he's a Because moth the Mothman's the only one like that. There, I'm sure there are other creatures like this half-goat, half-man. It's just this half-goat, half-man is connected to the Popelik. But since there are multiple go goat men, uh, this one would be the Popelik. Because no goat man is going to want to be named another goat man. Because what is it? Goat man number two, goat man number three. <laughs> this is the Popelik monster. It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> to be called a specific name related to like where the location is. I and it's it's a very muscular beast, very muscular. He's got like one of those goatees like a goat has coming off of his chin. And his face looks a little a little smushed in there. Um Right, like a little bit of fetal alcohol syndrome. Yeah, very fetal alcoholic. Maybe his mom yep. was drinking drinking when he was in the goat yep, room. Yeah, around like the <laughs> 3 to 4 month markers where the, I I think the mom started drinking. <laughs> He's reaching out because he doesn't want his picture. Oh, there's another picture that you sent us of the goat monster. Oh, oh yeah. There's well, this one. one's an orc from Lord of the Rings. Ah, yeah, that's definitely an orc from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that's exactly what my thought was, too. Cool horns, though, on this one. Is that the same? It's supposed to be the same guy? Because the first guy looks like if you dressed him up in, like, a Christmas outfit, like he could stand next to Santa and, and be, like, just one of those elf guys. But the second guy is just a creature from hell. Like, will absolutely, like, steal your soul. He's literally carrying a torch made of fire. He's covered in hair. His, <laughs> he's got two mouths in one mouth somehow. And he's got horns going down and up. And he's got a hunchback. Those horns are sick, though. That's a really cool design. Okay, so you guys are really setting me up because this is perfect. Now, while nobody knows for sure what the origins of the Popelik monster are, several different tales are repeated in the area and some are more detailed than others. For example, some stories trace the origins of the goat man to the spawn of a local farmer having relations with a goat. Ew. Another Oh yeah. Another story states that the beast is actually an old chemist who became a recluse after his face was horribly burned in an explosion. An explosion that turned him into a goat? And yet another tale claims that the monster is just a strange hermit living in an old shack. But two of the most detailed and repeated origin stories are as follows. According to the Sierra Club, one of the largest environmental organizations within the United States, the Popelik monster was a man born with severe facial and limb deformities who was exhibited as a circus freak in the late 19th century. According to the legend, there was a man named Colonel Beauregard Schildnicht, who was the ringmaster of a rather twisted traveling circus. He was not known as a kind or decent man and was instead a liar and a cheat who mistreated his performers. He ran his circus more like a gang, and thefts followed their show wherever it went. His main motivation in life, above all else, was money, and he was always searching for a new scam in order to get it. One day, the circus passed Beltsville, Maryland, and he came across a poor, deformed child who appeared to be half man and half goat. He took the creature with him, displaying it in a freak show in order to make money. <laughs> Mistreated by the circus owners and locked in a cage while not on display, the boy lived a miserable existence, transported across the United States by train via a locked crate, only seeing the light of day when the circus made its planned stops in different towns. The circus kept him captive for many years until he was an adult. One day, as luck would have it, 
The train, which was transporting all of the circus acts, was caught in a terrible storm. Torrential rains, thunder, and lightning enveloped the whole train, and the conductor could not see more than a few feet in front of him on the tracks. Suddenly, the train was struck by a bolt of lightning. So powerful was the lightning strike that the train derailed completely, sending everyone within its cars flying. Some were ejected from the train completely, and all died of blunt force injuries, including crushed skulls and severe amputations. While death and destruction lay all around him, the Pope-like monster had actually been protected by his locked crate, which had taken the brunt of the beating. The crate split open, and the monster escaped captivity and ran through the stormy night eventually deciding to settle in the Popelick Creek, where he remains to this day. He is said to seek revenge for the way he was treated by his captors, by killing any normal-looking human who enters his domain. Cool. He kills (laughs) normal-looking folk? That's dope. And that's a great revenge story. I love it. First, he's angry. He's a horribly deformed child, and then someone comes along and makes him a star. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Oh, my God. He was made into a star. But he couldn't handle the pressures of Hollywood, clearly. Clearly. So they kept him in a fucking cage. Yeah. Yeah, they kept him in a cage. They abused him. They would whip him. They would keep him in chains. He never saw the light of day until they made their stops at their Mm. different town, um, where he was just put on display again for people to laugh at and point at and stare at. He he wasn't treated like an equal. Was he a bad guy? Why did they do that? Because of all the reasons I explained where the <laughs> the circus owner was a very bad man, very evil. Right. And okay. he just wanted money. So he saw oh. this little deformed boy and said, you know what? <clears throat> I see an opportunity here for my circus act. You little deformed boy, you and me, we're going to be a team. I'm going to go far. <laughs> Why does that sound like Donald Trump when you said that? <laughs> I can kind of do Owen Wilson. Wow. You and me, little boy, we're going to go so far. <laughs> Is that Owen Wilson at all? Yeah. No, wow. that was good. Wow, you're insatiable. <laughs> wow, this goat and this half goat, half man <laughs> is insatiable. I've never seen anything quite like it. Uh, we're going to have to... We're going to have to make a cage for you because you're pretty tough to keep in there. Uh, I'm worried that you're going to hurt them. hurt my phone. Yeah, Owen Wilson is going to play the circus man in this. Yeah. Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted. (laughs) Uh, I'm your host, Owen. (laughs) I've been in a lot of movies. I like how a key part of this impression for you is just making your voice very quiet, too. Like whispering. Yeah, the trick is to start off pretty strong and then slowly. <laughs> it's hard not to feel bad for this little guy. It is. Because you picture him as just like a little defenseless animal. And I picture Littlefoot or Winnie Aww. or something. Exactly. You know, half man, half Littlefoot or Winnie. I know. And right. imagine how scared they'd be. And then you would imagine like half man, half archer or your, your fucking yeah. horse or whatever, right? Horse man. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough out there for, for animals that are half human. Right. It is. It's very tough out there for centaurs, goat men, mothmen. Moth all of these cryptids are historically vilified. Right. They just want love. Yeah, they just want to be yeah. understood. Maybe they murder a few people, but it's because of they are victims of their circumstances. Society made them this way. Right. They were not born evil. Okay. Yeah. So that was the first origin story. Now, let me tell you another version of the origin story that is popular in this area. In another version of its origin story, popularized in 2014 by local historian David DeMine, 
The Pope-Lick monster is described as the result of a deal with the devil made by a local farmer in the late 19th century. I like that. According to local lore, the farmer tortured and sacrificed a herd of goats to Satan in exchange for immortality. Once the goats had been beaten, cut, mangled, and ultimately killed, the earth beneath the farmer opened up and Satan himself appeared in the farmer's pasture. The farmer bowed down to Satan and signed a contract with him, forfeiting his soul in exchange for immortality. While the farmer was granted immortality, in order to achieve it, he was transformed into a mutant human-goat hybrid. Mm. While still maintaining some semblance of a man, he effectively became a demon, cursed and confined to this one area of Popelick Creek for all of eternity, where he is commanded to do the devil's work and murder as many mortals as he can. Which one do you guys like better? Do you like Circus Freak or do you like... Uh, cursed farmer damned for all of eternity yeah circus freak makes you feel like sad for the goat man but the second one just makes you kind of feel like i don't care about what happens to him you know yeah that makes sense but it's scarier the second one is scarier the first one is more relatable to the to the layman what i want to know is like what was this farmer's life like who lived out in the middle of nowhere that he was like yes make this go on forever let me sacrifice my soul <laughs> to the devil so that I can always do what I'm doing right now. Like, should we all like go out in the middle of nowhere and become goat farmers? Well, Natalia, according to legend, the farmer had lost his wife to a battle with cancer. Oh, no, I feel bad. And this was the o- his only family member in the area. And he was desperate to yeah. find a way to not meet the same fate that she met. And so he was misguided, is what the local lore says. He was looking for a way to not suffer the same fate as his wife. And so he made this deal with the devil, thinking it was his only way. And he became a Sith Lord. (laughs) What would you guys do if you had, like, your partner was no longer with you anymore would you be like oh i'm gonna make this la- this pain last forever or well i don't think i would go out of my way to make a deal with the devil right. well here's my thing i am very afraid of death as both of you know it is mm-hmm. probably my greatest yeah. fear in life i spend a lot of time thinking about it more time than i should it makes <laughs> me very upset and so i kind of sim- understandable yeah i kind of sympathize with this guy because there's a certain point of like anxiety about about like your mortality where I could see this being tempting. Now, would I ever do it? No, because I am also very afraid of but maybe what comes after death. No, you love the idea of not dying. I do. And you're a freak for not dying. I am a, James is a freak for Jesus. I'm a freak for immortality. Mm-hmm. It seems like whenever you make a deal with the devil, it doesn't like turn out the way you wanted. You know, it doesn't just it doesn't work out too well. Yeah. Every time, every time someone's made a deal with the devil, it just doesn't seem to work. And I understand that. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. Don't make a deal with the devil. That's one thing. Right. Like he's shady. Yeah. Yeah. But you could kind of see how like an early 19th century farmer in the middle of nowhere who maybe doesn't have a lot of education doesn't have a lot of exposure to the types of stories that we get to read on the internet about what happens when you make a deal with the devil mm-hmm. so he might not even know he's making a deal with the devil he might, not he might think it's just some otherworldly being that's gonna, that's granting him his his deepest darkest wishes he's like okay let me just you know kill all these goats in horrific ways and like wear their blood all over my body and dance around in this circle and speak in tongues and see what happens. 
Yeah. Yeah. He may have. He also may have had the devil whispering in his ears. Another version of the story. He didn't realize it was the devil, but he heard something whispering in his ear, telling him, "Hey, if if you don't want to meet the same fate as your wife, you need mm. to follow these instructions, and you'll be able to reach immortality." And the farmer, being in this version of the story, a little bit ignorant, a little bit um, rural folk, we might call him, thought, "Well, mm-hmm. maybe this is an angel." You know, what is this whispering in my ear? He didn't quite realize it was the devil because that's part of how the devil works. What am I saying? (laughs) It's Owen Wilson. Then we're going to live forever. (laughs) Owen Wilson is the devil. I understand what I'm saying. Now take your shirt off. (laughs) Now take your shirt off. Um, Yeah, okay. I like that that version more because I can kind of see this ignorant farmer getting duped by the devil. And I think, like, after your wife dies, especially if you live on your own, that person was such a huge component of your life, and you probably would be filled with a lot of fear and regret and sadness. And so that could be something that, like, the devil or a demon would latch on to. You think if he really loved his wife, though, he would be like man i don't want to live forever i want to go to where if where she if he's if he's um spiritual enough to believe in in having an otherworldly being help him achieve his darkest goals you think he would be spiritual uh, spiritual enough to be like hey if i die soon then i'm gonna get to see my wife again so why would he choose the path that just because he's so afraid of death well i see that's why i say i feel like you kind of i can sympathize with him because i feel like you have to be a certain kind of person which i think i am where if you watch if you were to watch someone slowly die in a horrific way in front of your eyes it Mm -hmm. reminds you of your own mortality where you're like oh fuck like this is like the worst of the worst like this woman was so sick bedridden for so long and then you kind of start to think man do I want to suffer that same fate? No. So what are my two options? I think you're right, Steve. Some people might try to maybe kill themselves to reach whatever wherever she's at. Or you might go the complete opposite way, which is I think maybe where I might be at, where you're like, I don't want anything to do with what happened there. Like, that is so scary to me. I just watched someone suffer that I love very much. How do I avoid that? Let me kill all these goats. Okay. So you might be saying to yourself, wow, those are two very creepy origin stories. But how does the Pope-like monster murder its victims if it's just this random goat man? Like, why? Yes, that sounds very scary. If I saw that, I would be scared. But what does it do if its sole purpose is to murder mortals, right? Right. Because in version number one of the origin story, he murders anyone that looks like a normal human because he was so mistreated for being a freak in version two of the origin story he is a demon farmer who is cursed by the devil to murder humans all right so let me tell you because reports on this vary as well according to legend the goat man uses either hypnosis or some sort of siren voice to lure people onto the train tracks where they are then run down by passing locomotives. Oh my God. Some reports even claim that the Pope-lick monster has the ability to summon a ghost train, thought to be the ghostly image of the same circus train that derailed. That sounds sick. So he's basically like a sick video game character where he's like a goat man and like his alts are like being able to do hypnosis and call a fucking ghost train. Like, I did not... 
right. expect with all that this information. I'm starting to all. tie some stuff together now. There are a lot of things I don't believe about the, uh, either of those stories, but there are a lot of things I do believe. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. There are two versions, like I said, of how the Popelik monster murders its victims. Version number one, I'm very partial to because it it says that he uses hypnosis or sort of like a mermaid with a siren song lures his victims onto the train track where they get run down by a real train right now in version number two he can also summon a ghost train if a real train is not nearby to be summoned and in other stories the goat man drops down onto passing cars from the part of the train trestle that passes over a nearby road causing the cars to crash into the creek killing all of those inside In still another iteration of the legend, the goat man is equipped with a bloody axe, and he uses it to hack off his victim's limbs, leaving them to slowly bleed out and die, much like what happened to his fellow circus acts on the night their train was derailed. The very sight of the creature is said to be so unsettling that those who see him while walking across the high trestles of the train track are driven to leap off of it, smashing into the shallow creek below. All of this sounds very scary by itself, but there actually have been several real deaths, injuries, and close calls at the Pope Lake trestle that back up this legend. In February of 1987, Jack Charles Baum II, a 17-year-old Spalding University student, was struck and killed by a train while walking on the trestle. According to a witness at the time, they were urging Jack not to go on the train track, but he seemed to be transfixed and walked towards it without saying anything. In May of 1987, a 19-year-old named David Wayne Bryant died of injuries suffered a year earlier when he jumped from the trestle to avoid getting hit by a train. In 1993, a teenage girl was rescued in the nick of time by the fire department when she clung to the bottom of the train trestles while a train passed over her. According to an article about this incident written by David Mattingly for Wave News, the Jefferstown fire chief had has a warning to anyone thinking about walking across the train trestles. Stay off the tracks, Chief Sean Dreisbach said. These tracks are very dangerous. A train comes with little to no warning. You have nowhere to go once you are on the trestle other than to outrun the train. And when you see or hear the train, it's already too late. Dreisbach said that he has personally seen more than a half a dozen cases where people have either been killed or injured after being surprised by a train while on the trestle near Pope Lick and Taylorsville Roads. The fire chief was personally involved with the rescue of a teenage girl in 1993 when he was able to pull her to safety after she escaped a passing train by clinging to the underside of the trestle. The desperate move saved her life where others have either been hit by the train or fallen more than 90 feet to the ground. It took every bit of ladder we had to reach her, Dreisbach said. There's no telling how long she was actually hanging there before we were able to get to her. In 1994, a man was exploring the trestle on his ATV when the ATV seemed to flip in midair as if thrown by some unseen force, trapping the man on the tracks directly in the path of an oncoming train. He was run over by the train and died immediately. In November of 2000, a 19-year-old named Nicholas Jewell fell to his death from the trestle. Four friends who were with him told police that Jewell had attempted to cross the trestle and was about halfway across when a freight train approached. Police said that Jewell had moved to the side and attempted to hold on to a railroad tie, but the train's strong vibration eventually shook him off and he fell to his death. 
On April 23, 2016, a 26-year-old tourist from Ohio died after being hit by a train while searching for the monster. Her boyfriend survived by hanging on the side of the trestle. Journalist Beth Warren of the Louisville Courier-Journal writes about this incident in an article entitled, Popelik Monster Survivor Mentally Crushed. The article reads as follows. Standing on a long and narrow train trestle 90 feet above ground, Ohio tourist David Nee gazed in shock at the train barreling down a hill toward him and his girlfriend. They hadn't heard it. Now it was about 40 feet in front of them and quickly closing the gap. Nee, a six-foot-one martial arts instructor who regularly lifts weights, shifted into survival mode. He jumped over the side of the Popelik train trestle, gripping the structure's metal edge with both arms and one leg while the other leg dangled. The train came so close to him it grazed his arm, leaving a scar. I didn't think I would die, Nee said. I thought I was going to get out of the way, and I was hoping that she was going to be okay as well. But his 26-year-old girlfriend, Roquel Bain, mother of a one-year-old boy named River, never made it to the edge. The train struck her, knocking her 90 feet to the ground below. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw her body go flying, said Nee, who fought to hold on against the train's vibrations. It's a nightmare waking up each day and realizing Aww. it's not a dream. Fire officials found Bain's body in a grassy field shortly before sunset April 23rd. Norfolk Southern Police charged Nee with misdemeanor trespassing on railroad property, according to a citation filed in Jefferson County District Court last month. I understand that a law was broken, so there's always accountability for that. But in this circumstance, it's already so bad, Nee said. My life is basically... His wife died and they gave him a misdemeanor? Yeah. Yes. His girlfriend died and they gave him a misdemeanor. Now, the article goes on to say... He said he has since sought treatment from a psychiatrist who diagnosed him with post-traumatic stress disorder and prescribed medication for anxiety and depression. It sounds so stupid, he said. What are you doing up on this train track? But we are not stupid people. Nee has a degree in criminal justice and is studying to get his pilot's license. He said he was in the middle of an extensive application process to begin work as a corrections officer. Bain worked as a surgical assistant at a Dayton hospital where she was known as Rocky. She, she and Nee met six months ago and dated for about a month. I've never met anybody with so much fire, he said. She was a bird who couldn't be caged. Even in high school, Bain was known as gutsy. We did a lot of crazy things as teenagers, said friend Hannah Goni, 28, who attended Shawnee High School with Bain in Springfield, Ohio. In high school, we were famous for car surfing, Goni said. She was the first to do it. She was absolutely fearless. Bain also was known for her artistic pursuits of music, poetry, and art, and her warmth inviting any outcast to join their group of popular unpopulars. Nee said he loved Bain's adventurous spirit, agreeing to a trip to Louisville for a paranormal excursion. The couple made the three-hour drive April 23rd, stopping for dinner. Bain bought two tickets online to a two-hour guided paranormal tour set to begin at 10 p.m. at the Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Kentucky. But first, Bain suggested a detour she had discovered on the internet. So they headed to the train trestle in eastern Jefferson County to search for the infamous Popelik monster, a mythical half-man, half-goat, or half-sheep creature that is the subject of a decades-old urban legend. Some say you must step on the train tracks or even cross the 742-foot bridge in order to summon the goat man. When I saw that bridge, the thing looked so rickety, Nee said, of the rusty and aging structure. I thought it must be out of service. 
The couple spotted the large no trespassing signs and a fence topped with barbed wire, but there was a discernible path easily bypassing it and leading up to a rock and dirt path to the top of the trestle. Even some local residents have said that trains on the trestle are infrequent, but they actually zip by 15 to 25 times a day, said retired train engineer Wayne Gentry. I thought we were just going to take a photo and leave, Nee said. She was one to always push the envelope. It was Russian roulette to try and cross it and walk away. But last month, he wasn't aware of the danger. He said his girlfriend extended her hand to lead him onto the tracks, and he simply followed. Bain's funeral was Wednesday. He said Bain's family shared some of her ashes with him. He plans to go put them inside a necklace to take along the trips the couple had discussed, such as to the sanatorium and hiking to the Appalachian Mountains. We only dated a month, but I've never been impacted by anyone as much as her, Nee said. Well, yeah, because she got fucking splattered by that train. <laughs> That's why he hasn't been impacted by <laughs> any other sad, person though, the right? same. Because his last memory of her is seeing her fly off after being hit by a train, crushing down to 90 feet down below into a bunch of rocks. Sure, that makes sense. <laughs> it's pretty horrific. What? How? Have better trespassing protection. Well, I just want to talk about her for a second. We got to No, Alyssa, we got to talk about this because I have to process this. Her name is Bane. Bane. Her, that's her last name. Her like last Bane name is from, Bane. from Bane. the Dark Knight. Like the bad guy. She's like, hey, let's go on this little trip. You just met this person three and a half weeks ago and you're going on a road trip with them. And then she's like, I found a detour. And you're like, oh, this is fun. Like, I just started seeing this new person. We're on a road trip. And she's like, let's cross this haunted bridge train to see if we can find a demon. Like, I feel like at that point, it's just his fault. Like, he should have been like, no. She had a one-year-old, right? Man, so yeah. that guy's probably like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'll date. I'll date someone that already has a kid. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm sure it's not going to be too bad. Now he's stuck raising that kid. I probably didn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, I think her parents are raising the kid. No, he is. But it's it's pretty sad because basically I showed you guys the pictures of this train track. It looks like it should be out of service. It's really yeah. fucking old. It was built in the late 1800s. It's super skinny. It looked to me like as someone who doesn't know much about trains, if I saw that, I'd be like, how could a train like how could this support the weight of a train? It must be out of service. Right. But it's 90 feet in the air. Me as someone that doesn't know anything about trains, I disagree. I feel like I could be tricked. I feel sympathy because it looks really old, rickety. Surely a train couldn't pass over this. But And even some of the locals, like according to the local legend of the Popelik monster, part of the legend that people repeat is like, oh, this place is so haunted that not even trains will pass over it. But that's not true. 15 to 25 times a day, trains are going you, over this trestle. There is a hole in your story, Alyssa, because if I know you, which I think I do, there's no fucking way you're going to go walk across the top of that thing it's 90 feet in the air and it's so rickety you're telling me that if we we were just screwing around and i was like Alyssa, let's go to the top of this 90 foot piece of rust like you would just be like okay like no you would be telling me you're not gonna do it but let me say why it's because i'm very afraid of death if i were someone who was not afraid of death then i would do it because i'd be like oh there's no way a train is is gonna be over here you think after the first death they would put up some signs I kind of like that her boyfriend was like, I lift weights and I'm like 6'2", so I survived. And I thought she yeah, would Yeah, the too. weights thing seemed unnecessary. He just had to throw that in there. He's like a six foot one martial arts instructor who lifts weights every day. Like, it was weird that they described him that way. Okay, now this leads me to the next death. On May 26, 2019, so last year, 
Savannah Bright, age 15, was pronounced dead at the scene after she and another teenage mm. girl were on the train tracks on the Poplick Trestle. That's sad. Bright's friend, 16-year-old Kaylee Keeling, was taken to University of Louisville Hospital. In an article written shortly after Savannah Bright's death, her family and friends stated that they are still trying to piece together what exactly happened the night she died. Bright was at the trestle with friends when a train hit her and another girl. She was pronounced dead at the trestle. Stories of how and why Bright got on the platform that night differ from person to person, and her father reported that he had urged her many times to not explore those train tracks. When asked about the teen's death, Hugh McCormick, the manager of special investigations for the railroad's police department, said the area is one of the only places he knows of that has an alluring angle to it. The article concludes with journalist Haley Minogue warning people to not explore the trestles, writing, The advice to people searching for something that might not exist, don't fall under the spell of the Pope Lick monster. Yo, I get that. It's the only place in fucking Kentucky that has an alluring angle because they're able to kill themselves there because life in Kentucky fucking <laughs> sucks that bad. That's why it's so alluring to go on the on these train tracks because fucking Kentucky sucks ass, dude. That's why life's so shit out there, dude. That farmer... Just started fucking a goat, and then there was there were probably some nuclear <laughs> oh there were probably God. some nuclear tests or something. I don't even know how the goats the goat man's involved in this, but there were probably some secret nuclear tests that were involved out there. And then then the the guy the farmer that started this whole thing off was fucking a goat, and then they had a goat kid, and it was just some mutation. Um, and then people that died from the train, the goat couldn't possibly be connected to these trains. People just wanted to keep killing themselves because life in Kentucky just fucking sucks, dude. That's easily what it is. Simply, I feel like. The public monster is what's luring them down there, right? No, That's Kentucky. The just yeah, the state exactly. of Kentucky is luring them down there just for how shit life is in Kentucky. Hey, I thought Kentucky's pretty cool. They have the Kentucky Derby, Kentucky Fried Chicken. There's lots of horse stuff out there. Well, Kentucky Fried Chicken's really dropped off. State officials haven't been able to say exactly how many people have been killed or injured on the trestle over the years, but the Courier-Journal reported in 2016 that a retired train engineer who regularly drove down the old track was involved in 43 collisions during his 34-year career with Norfolk Southern. Wow. So we're not—I I understand what you're saying, Steve. You're saying—because we've talked about this on the podcast before— you know, are people drawn to this location? Because if you are a person who's maybe battling depression or, or suicidal thoughts, this seems like an easy way to commit suicide, right? Where you just go on this track, wait for a train, or you fall off the track, or you jump off the track. I understand what you're saying, but 43 collisions during a 34-year career, that's over that's one unreal, person. That's unreal, dude. That's like a... Um... Being hit a year. I watched the documentary. There are a lot of conductors that drink on the job. Why would the train conductor being drunk have anything to do with someone being on the track and getting hit, though? Just the fact that he's had yeah. so many hits. In No, but it's it's only on this one spot because it's basically a blind spot. Well, it sounds like people are just on this track, and so they get hit. Like, it's not... Whether or not the conductor is incapacitated really doesn't matter because once you're on that track, by the time you see the train, you have two options. Outrun the train, which most people are not going to be able to do. Then second, hang off the side of the track. And we only know of two instances where people survive doing that. This six one MMA fighter man and then also a girl who like Liam Neeson her way underneath the train and held on. Mm. 
Exactly. Yeah, I'd like to know where this guy's radius yeah. of, of accidents happened in. Yeah, the article I read said that it was the Pope Lick Trestle area. So, yeah, I don't know what the exact radius of that would be, but the trestle itself, as we said, is just under 800 feet long. 800 feet is very far. It is. So That's a very long way to try to sprint and outrun a train. State officials aren't able to say exactly how many have been killed or injured over the years because this track has been in operation since the late 1800s. And we didn't keep as good of um, track of deaths until like fairly... Nice pun. Until fairly recently. So... Um, also, another aspect to this story is that the the last death that I told you about, that teenage girl who died, her family is suing that train um, company because they're saying there aren't enough signs. You can easily bypass the gate. Um, there's like even a path that goes up to it. And so they want... And also the train um, company had actually removed the platforms. There used to be platforms on there that people could run off to the side if a train was coming. But they removed those because they were trying to discourage people from going up there at all. But it actually kind of had the reverse effect because it didn't discourage people from going up there. People still want to go up there because of the Pope Lick monster. But now they have nowhere to go Mm. if a train comes. You'd think they'd know about this before going up there. You think they'd be able to be like or hear about the deaths that happened before and know that trains come and there's nothing you can do to prevent dying for yourself from dying. But it's the that's right. The allure. But that's also part of the lore. The allure is yeah, death that's because part of it's lore, in Kentucky Steve. and Kentucky sucks ass. No, no, you're no, you're missing. You're missing the spooky part of the story, Steve. The part of the local lore is that you get pulled there by a siren song of the goat man oh, yes. or hypnosis. There was a group of boys who saw the one kid just keep walking towards the train and they like called out to him and he right. was like in a trance. And so that's part of, of the urban legend is that, yeah, you're right. People should know, hey, don't go up there. It's an active train track. But people go there with the intention of just taking a photo like that one couple. And then it turns into something more and they can't really explain why they went up there. Remember, the guy was saying it sounds so stupid. Like, why Why did we go on the train track? We're not stupid people. I don't know why we did it. Mm. So that's that's the urban legend is that there's this pull that you feel you go there with the intention of taking a photo or searching underneath the in the creek for the Pope Lick monster but then somehow you end up going on the train okay. tracks against your better judgment and then either a ghost train or a real train comes and runs you down that I think if you survive it's kind of like a diss because this Pope Lick man only wants to kill normal looking people right Mm. Right. So <laughs> if you survive, it's kind of like, oh, you're fugly. So congratulations, Pope man didn't want you. Yeah. You kind of look like a circus freak. So I guess I'll let you hang on to the side of this trestle. I mean, it's a really sad story. I like it's I feel like with the 15 year old girl, I have more sympathy. But, you know, I'm like older. So when I hear of like this older people going and playing on the train tracks, like you guys should know better. You know, absolutely. Right. And that's why I believe in the lure. Yeah. I feel sympathy for a lot of these younger people who went up there because they're just, your brain is not developed yet. You're just thinking, ooh, how spooky. Gotta go find this monster. At 15, you think you're invincible. And according to Wikipedia, the monster was the subject of a 1988 film by Louisville filmmaker Ron Schildknecht called The Legend of the Pope Lick Monster. The 16-minute, $6,000 film premiered on December 29, 1988 at the Uptown Theater. 
Most of the film was shot at the Pope Lick trestle, but scenes showing the characters up on the trestle were shot at another, safer location. Mm. Norfolk Southern Railway officials were very upset about the film, as they thought it would encourage teenagers to visit the trestles. They found one scene in particular dangerously misleading. In the scene, the main character, a high school student, narrowly escapes an approaching train by hanging off the side of the trestle. In reality, very few people would have the strength to hang on for the five to seven minutes it takes for a long train to clear the 772-foot trestle. In addition, the vibrations from the train are so strong that the ground beneath the trestle shakes as the train passes. Because railroad officials were worried that the film would add to the death toll, Norfolk Southern Railroad issued a statement read at the premiere which warned of the trestle's dangers and informed the audience that anyone caught on the trestle could be prosecuted for trespassing. For treason. And that is the story of the Pope Lick Monster. That's horrifying to me. I always play like games like that, like endurance games in my mind to see like if I could survive things like that. Like I'll be walking my dogs and I'm tired and I'm like, okay, if I can make it to this next thing in 20 seconds, then like that means I would survive, you know, and especially like withholding on stuff. Oh my God. Like I think about that all the time, like trying to do a pull up or something like that and hanging and then thinking like, what if I was like hanging from a cliff? I have, oh yeah, I have no upper body strength at all. I can't even open a Gatorade bottle by myself. So imagining me trying to hang on to a train trestle for five to seven minutes. Yeah, but have you heard of those mothers that are able to lift a car off of their infant when it gets like, you know, that adrenaline adrenaline can do anything, especially and you guys know all about adrenaline, adrenochrome and shit. Right. Well, the infant is definitely gone. Like once a car lands on your infant, it doesn't matter if you get it yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, fuck it. I, I agree with you, Steve. I do think that maybe that's what happened with these other two people because one of the people that survived and hung on to the trestle was a teenage girl. So, you know, it's possible. Maybe, or maybe they're so light. Like, like if your body mass isn't that heavy, then holding on to something like little girl gymnasts who win the Olympics and stuff and they're like seven years old and they're like insane. Yeah, no, that's true too. So, I mean, it is possible, but... Out of all the stories I read to you, only two people out of however many were able to hang on to the side yeah. of the train track successfully. And the other girl who survived fell off 90 feet to the ground and has really terrible injuries, is going to require lifelong surgeries and physical therapy and survived by a miracle. And we don't even know what her status is because this happened last year and there were no update articles. I mean, this is our first cryptid episode since the Vietnam War episode that we did. And to me, I kind of believe, I don't know, I want to believe it. I want to believe that there is a monster that is luring people onto these tracks and that for everyone's safety, you've just got to stay away from Why the tracks. Why did the public monster choose a train as it's like... Because he was thrown off of the train track, remember? Right, right, right. My By bad. the lightning. That was an easy one. That was testing you guys. It almost sounds like two different stories. You have like this haunted train and like the haunted train track. And then like, even if you do survive and get pushed into the creek or whatever, this monster is going to come get you. Yeah. It sounds like, um, that's so interesting to have two horror stories that are, that kind of link up somehow. Like they're sharing the same kind of grounds. Is there beef between the train and the Pope Lick monster? You never, it could be two (laughs) different stories. That's so interesting. Yeah, you're right. Actually, that's a really good point. What if this is just two completely separate hauntings that happen to be in the exact same location? Something's in the I've never heard water. of anything like that before. So you're not safe yeah. on the ground because well, of the Pope Lake monster, and you're not safe anywhere around the train tracks because it'll just suck you in and spit you out? How about that? Right. Yeah, the ghost train. 
that's pretty cool, actually, now that you phrased it like that, Steve. I have one more thing uh, because I wasn't sure if I was going to have enough material for this episode. So this is really short. It's a paragraph. But did any of you wonder during the time I was telling you this story, why is the devil always a goat? Um, there's some religious shit with it, with with uh, being a goat, the goat why representing is he? the devil. I don't know why? why. Okay, well, because I was reading this and I was like, gosh, I'm like Black Philip from The Witch. Remember? And like, Black, yeah, Black Phillip, Phillip. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, let me finally figure out once and for all why is the devil a goat. So I found an article written on refinery29.com called Why is the Devil Also a Goat by Sarah Coughlin. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Sarah. And she Sarah writes, McLaughlin? Sarah Coughlin. Uh. So Sarah writes... The most popular image of the satanic goat dates back to the ever-mysterious Knights of Templar, who were accused of worshipping an idol known as Baphomet. Roman Catholic society decried it as a demon that demanded human sacrifice, but it would take a few more centuries before the goat became a truly occult symbol. In 1854, occultist and magician Aliphas Levi sketched Baphomet as a winged man with the head of a black goat. He wrote that it was an amalgamation of the supposed Templar idol, plus, quote, the infernal goat found in depictions of witches' sabbats, the ancient Egyptian phallic goat god, Benebjadit, and the devil tarot card. In his writings, Levi described his drawings as, quote, the nightmare, the fantastic monster, and that phantom of all terrors. His image of Baphomet, which would become the default, represented pure immortality, and it was inspired by base, unfeeling, and demanding deities. And so, the Sabbatic goat was born. Since Levi's original sketch, Anton Levy adopted Baphomet as the sigil of the Church of Satan in 1966, and it has appeared on countless metal album covers. But Baphomet isn't the lone source of inspiration for our goat-like depictions of Satan. It is also believed that early Christians, seeking to demonize pre-existing pagan traditions, drew comparisons between the devil and the Greek god of Pan, who happened to resemble a goat. And goats get a bad rap in the Bible itself when Jesus appears on Judgment Day to separate the lambs from the goats. The goats here stand for the selfish, cold, and uncaring people who defied God's word. Spoiler alert, they do not escape the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. It doesn't seem like goats are going to be able to shake that devilish reputation anytime soon, but thanks to the internet, we know they aren't all bad. And then she has like a really cute picture of a goat at the end. Well, how about that? That was very informative. In pagan rituals and in a lot of human cultures and um, like societies, we sacrifice goats as an offering to the gods. So it's like ironic that Satan is a goat and needs human sacrifice. Oh, that's a good point. Like maybe you're killing you're killing a demon as like showing the god that you're a good follower. So guys, that was the tale of the Pope Lick monster, aka the goat man, aka the sheep man, aka the ghost train man. What do you guys think of this story? And I'll start with you, Steve, because you're our guest. I think it's obvious, isn't it? I think it's obvious. So you have the story of two different haunted entities and it just, they happened at the right place at the right time. You're on a train ride, the goat's in the cage. The goat, uh, the goat man is a haunted deity, right? And the train itself is still haunted at that time or the train track area is haunted. The reason the train crashes and the lightning strikes there, just part of the train's haunted nature. So that accident that the goat man was involved in was from a different haunted being altogether. Right. Even off the beginning. And uh, 
good point. The goat lands, the goat man lands somewhere down in the in the creek or whatever in shit fuck Kentucky. And the goat doesn't do anything. It's not the goat's story anymore. The half man, half goat, he died in that fall. So it's a shame that people are are ruining uh, just that poor goat man's legacy to begin with, who was tormented his whole life, beaten the shit out of, gets stuck in a cage for for most of it, and then people go on and say, "Oh, this goat man's luring us into the into this train uh, and killing all all the folks." No, it's the poor. Leave the poor goat man alone. It's it's not any of your business what goes on with him. It's sad. It's so sad. The train is haunted as fuck. Do you identify as the goat man, Steve? Is that why you're so passionate about Well, this? I can't identify as a train. But this is, to me, this story's about <laughs> the train, not the goat man. Yeah, I see what Steven's saying because the origin of the goat man's story starts with the train having this crazy, like, derailing from getting struck by lightning. Now, that sounds pretty haunted to me. Yeah, I think you guys are making a good point that I hadn't really considered before. And I guess it also depends on which version of the origin story of the goat man you believe. If you think that... The train has nothing to do with it, which would be kind of a hard argument to make because that's why everyone keeps dying. Then maybe you could say, well, if the goat man was this farmer who like sacrificed his soul to the devil and now he haunts this area because he's banished to it for the rest of his life to carry out the devil's work, then maybe you can discount the train. But if you're buying into the story about the circus freak who had the train be struck by lightning, which I agree with you guys makes more sense, I think, because the train is the thing that's killing people, then... I think the goat man's just a red herring. I think the train set it up, which wouldn't make... (laughs) That wouldn't make any sense because then the train's just (laughs) sharing the blame with the goat man because the train's still involved. But it's the goat man's fault. Okay. No, I got it. All up here. Natalia, what are your closing thoughts about this story? I definitely think the train is haunted, but that goat man's freaking me out. Like, I don't like the idea of it. I don't like the way that it looks. Extremely disrespectful. Yeah, it's just a scary looking guy. And I kind of believe in the lure of this because, I don't know, part of me, like the whole time I was listening to all of those stories, I was like, Oh, that's so stupid. Why do people go up there? But then I was like, I bet I could hang on to that. I was thinking that too. I was like, yeah. ah, I could probably survive if I, if need be. Like that's how they get See? you. They tempt you. Yeah. Because you know? you're like, I, psh, I could, I would do that. Like they'll be saying like, oh, um, she was like five, seven and like walked up a hill every day and she ha- hang on so tight. Like how they talked about the guy and like said he was six one and lifted weights. Yeah, every yeah, day. yeah. He was six foot one martial arts instructor who lifted weights every day. Natalia was a five foot seven horse rider who, <laughs> who had a paranormal podcast. Yeah, who lifted a microphone every day. He was a six foot three Twitch streamer who fell yeah. to his death immediately. <laughs> oh, I have some more pictures I want to show you guys that I would like you to describe to the listeners. These are the last pictures. This one's particularly sad, too, because these are real people that died in this, like, sad tragedy, too, you know? So, like, as much as I want to make light of it, I'm also... First of all, why are we even using trains anymore? Why are we even using trains anymore? That's the problem. It's still an amazing version of transportation. What do you mean, why is anyone using trains? It is. It's still It's still the main version of transporting goods. Yeah, like why? It should it's from the 1800s. Shouldn't we have something new? As opposed to what? Exactly, something new. I don't know. I'm not an engineer. Come up with something new right now. Come up with something better right now. Okay, how about a magnetic ribbon in the ribbon? sky? Yeah, and it it travels on sound waves. And do we ride the that is generated by thing in the sky like 
Aladdin's rug? Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah. I think you're describing a bullet train, Natalia. <laughs> a magnetic <laughs> tram in the no, sky. No, you guys need to get the tra- get the idea of train out of your mind. I wasn't thinking of trains. I was thinking of something that's impossible. We came up with airplanes. That seems pretty crazy. Well, you guys, did you get the pictures? Oh, I'm looking at all of the memorials. Yeah, this is sad. Yeah, so I'm looking at a cross and flowers that says Savannah and has 7-9-2003 when she was born to 5-26-2019, which is when she died, and like a little flowers at the bottom and it's at the bottom of the trestle. And then, yeah, there's also like no private property, no trespassing signs, and I'm looking at the location of the trestle and i can see it's actually very easy to access like you can drive a car up to it basically and then you just park and get out and you can get on that trestle which is why i'll tell you right now this private property no trespassing sign i would trespass um this isn't stopping me if they had a sign that said many have died here and list off like what actually the fuck happened and the risks of going up there then ha- have a sign like that. Don't just say private property, no trespassing, because that's just inviting me in. Yeah, it should say no, number of idea. deaths to date and have like a bunch of scratches in there. I went to this one beach in Hawaii a long time ago, and it was like, do not get in the water. You like the strong undercurrent. And it had like a picture of someone snapping their neck on the ocean floor. And then there was like, yeah, a, like an Iceland. Yeah, Ooh. there was like a handwritten sign next to it that was like number of deaths this year. And there was just like carvings, like tally marks. And that that made me so scared i didn't even want to put my feet in the water i was like fuck this have some real shit don't just say private property yeah that's like steve when we went to iceland and there was that big sign that was like sneaker waves like you will die like do not get in the water i i think you're right that's a good point and i proved them all wrong yes because you went in the water and you survived no you didn't didn't survive you would have died of hypothermia yeah no you died that day but um and then the last picture in the group of pictures that i sent you guys is old 90s still frame of some old 90s news footage of the girl that survived so apparently if you zoom in i'm not really able to see her because it's so grainy but that's the fire department lifting up their crane and then extending their ladder to its fullest extent to get this teenage girl that was hanging on the side of the train trestle down Look, I'm going to be real with you. Looking at this photo, it looks like there are ledges to hang off of easily. No. If you were in the right position, like, you have to position yourself. And if you're running from a train, and you, have you might no not time. get Okay, here's area. my thing. How fucking far can you see the train out, right? Because if it's, like, 200 feet or, or, like, 300 feet, you know, you have probably about 20 seconds before it gets to you. That's 20 seconds to hobble off on the side of... Of the train track, right? Like, who's getting snuck up on with the train unless you got your AirPods in? I bet a lot of people, like, feel the thing start moving. and They, like, feel the ground shaking and they're like, oh, shit, there's a train. Let's run. Oh, then then, that's natural selection. Yeah, and then they realize, like, oh, actually, it's too fast. And then by then, they try to hang off and they've already, like, they didn't Oh, fuck, why did I think I could outrun this train? Yeah, exactly. You're not Superman. You can't run faster than a train. Hubris. They lack hubris. Uh. And that's no, what got them killed hubris. to begin with. I mean, they have hubris. That's what they got them killed to begin with. Thank you guys for joining me on this wild ghost train, ghost goat man journey. I really appreciate this it. This was very wild. I'm I'm disappointed that the Pope Lick monster isn't the ghost of a Pope that licks people, but I am <laughs> excited to learn why it's called the Pope Lick monster because I was- St. Francis is back. Yeah. <laughs> you just make a <laughs> sequel 
to the Pope Lick monster movie from the 80s, but it's just Pope Francis. <laughs> I mean, maybe there, there's because like there's all kinds of weird minerals and stuff in the soil. Like maybe there is some sort of supernatural stuff going on there. Like there is like a high energy if there's like a huge mineral deposit there. Right. Yeah. Like like uh, we talked about um, energy vortexes on the show before. Yeah. Maybe there's an energy vortex there making people act weird. Like the Bermuda Triangle of Kentucky. I want to say something that's not that related, but I feel like I need to tell you guys this. This is kind of about horses, so I'm sorry, but it's interesting. I my my friend told me about a horse that has PTSD from oh seeing a helicopter. So it was like out in the pasture, and the a helicopter flew overhead like really close, and the horse was like alone. There was no one else, like no other horse around, I guess that saw it, and it like the horse is never the same. He's getting treated oh. for PTSD and all the stuff, and it made me think like that's kind of like an like an alien abduction or like seeing you know like one of these monsters or something like like he knew it was unnatural. He knew it wasn't supposed to be there. He knew it was sketch and like no one else saw it. And now he's gone crazy. And maybe that's what happened to these people is that they see this Pope monster guy, like you were saying, and they like jump off the train or they just like, fuck yeah, it, I'm go just going to get hit by this train because like I don't understand this world. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. If you see something that you can't explain, would you be able to recover from that PTSD? I don't know. I think maybe that's a question for our listeners because they write in with some really fucked up listener stories all the time about shit that they've seen and experienced. And Natalia and I have never really experienced anything. So maybe this is a good question for you guys, our audience. Do you think that if you saw this fucked up Pope like monster that you would just kill yourself because you would you would your mind wouldn't be able to comprehend it? I don't know. Leave it. Leave a comment in the SoundCloud or tweet at us at Let's Get Haunted. If you saw something scary, would you kill yourself? <laughs> no, I, I don't think I would kill myself. I think it would just start like um, if I saw something unexplainable, I think I'd have enough mental prowess to be able just to push that to the recesses of my mind and just focus on something else. I think I could probably just move past it. Oh, I see a goat, a half goat, half man. Yeah. I'd be like, you know what? This isn't my identity. I'm not making this this goat man that I've seen this part of me and who I am. I'm leaving it behind in the uh, the darkest abscess of my mind. A- I mean, not abscess, recess. I really like that. Recess. Re- I recess. said it right the first time. Recess, Steve, not abscess. Back on abscesses. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just, uh, I'll leave this goat man alone. Leave this poor fucking goat man that's out yeah. there in the middle of Kentucky. Like, what's his quality of life anyway? Probably not good. He's surviving off of berries or mushrooms or some shit. And maybe he's had a kid in between that time and he's just trying to live his life. And there's people out here saying, no, he's pushing this goat man is pushing people in the trains. We need to get a hunting party. We need to go kill this fucking goat man. No, I think that's great. I think that's a great, excellent point that um, Professor Stephen Doctorate of Paranormal Sciences brings up. It's just frustrating. I, I agree. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Natalia, for joining this episode. Steve, is there anything you. you'd like to plug on our show before we ask you to do our sign-off today? Uh, I do I do Twitch streaming. I couldn't get Steven Subtick, so it's just Steve Subtick. If you're looking out for something to do, then uh, I stream love advice sometimes. Seems unqualified. And you also have a podcast called Beyond the Pine. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not here to promote Beyond the Pine. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm here to promote me, baby. 
This one's all about me. Steven created the intro and the outro music for um, us. So yeah. we are forever grateful because it's an absolute banger. Everyone gets very excited when they hear bum, it. Bum, bum, bum. Well, thanks for being a guest, Steven. You did a great job. Thank you. Um, sorry if I was a little boring. It's it's always tough to do these uh, over the internet um, back and forth. It's, it, I'm sure you guys understand. We're never boring. So we. I don't didn't understand. think it was boring at all. Yeah. I think you had some very poignant, uh, succinct, valid points that you made. And it really expanded my mind to the idea of a double haunting. So for that, I thank you. And for those who don't know, because maybe this is your first time listening to LGH, at the end of every episode, we ask our guest uh, to do a sign off. And that consists of BRB got to go with a callback to something that they that stuck out to them during the episode. So, Stephen, now it is your turn. The pressure is on to do a sign off. Wait, so it's BRB got to go mm-hmm. jump in front just- of a train because I live in Kentucky and this is the quality of life here. It's negligible. I mean, I'm being stuck in Kentucky. I mean, I'm sure there are worse states. There have to be worse states than Kentucky, like Indiana. Ooh, that'd be a bad one. Uh, but no, Kentucky's probably still pretty bad. Like, what is there? It's just rocks, right? Rocks and dust. <laughs>